0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com
1: slash style. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Is this thing going
1: on? <laughs>
2: This podcast is proud to be supporting the charity Cardiac Risk in the Young, or CRY for short. Hi, I'm Dr Stephen Cox. I'm the chief executive of the charity Cardiac Risk in the Young. Every week in the UK, there are at least 12 fit and healthy young people who die suddenly from undiagnosed cardiac conditions. And these conditions can be identified through cardiac screening. There are a whole number of reasons why young people have these heart conditions. It could be genetic, they could just be born with it, they could even acquire it over time. But these can be prevented by getting screened. For more, go to the CRY website, testmyheart.org.uk Just come in here one second. This is the music I'm gonna to use to in the podcast to describe you at your biggest. Okay, ready? I sound like a hippopotamus.
0: That's really mean.
2: <laughs> here she comes, here she comes, waddling down the street. Big fat fur, she's got my baby. Yeah, my name's Manish, and that you heard me taking the mickey out of was my wife, Philpa. You'll notice that I don't actually call her Philpa, It's either Justine or Juss or Tina. It's a long and quite boring story, so don't worry about it. Anyway, welcome to Expecting, a podcast about the last few months of Justine and I's first ever pregnancy. I decided to keep something of an audio diary of these last three months so that when our son or daughter is old enough, he or she can hear what life was like just months before they were born. The first episode was an introduction to us as a couple, our baby moon, and how we were dreading how our life was about to change forever. This is episode two, and it starts with me on a coach getting asked incredibly awkward questions.
0: What's
2: this baby plan? That's a very awkward. I, I, I can't understand when people ask that question, because what does that mean? That means, oh, did you plan to do it?
0: That's basically You plan that. to
2: have sex and make a baby. That's the, I'm not going into that conversation. Right, next, swiftly moving on. That's Sheena, my sister-in-law. We're on a coach because we've got a long journey to London for a family wedding. It's boring, so I decided to interview her a little bit more. Where were you when you found out that she was pregnant?
0: In the kitchen with my mum making broccoli.
2: And what did you think as soon as you heard the news?
0: Oh my God, my heart was going to burst. I was so excited, I jumped up and down and I got all emotional. And I just wanted to see her and just grab her belly. Yeah. Oh, my family are over the moon. My mum is very cautious. She's just pretending there's no baby because she didn't want to do something.
2: Actually, that's a good point. The 3 months rule of trying not to tell anyone before your three-month scan, people kind of stick by that and even we wanted to stick by that. But most of your family, if not all of your family, knew within the three months. What happened there?
0: Papa told us. Papa had an expression on her face. She can't keep the excitement out of her eyes.
2: You told everyone.
0: I did not. I, I didn't tell anybody with a smirk on my face or with my eyes. Unfortunately for me, I was feeling very sick. Binagaki and Ushanti guessed.
2: So that's one person, two people. How about the rest of them? We've got a coach load of people here. How do they all find out within three months?
0: Well I blame my dad. I think my dad must have said something to some people. He came up with some explanation about my grandma had a dream that I was pregnant. Yeah, right. I don't believe that.
2: I was in my kitchen, on my kitchen diner. It came straight from the horse's mouth, Philpa. Philpa told me and my sister very, very, very early on. That's Philpa's cousin, Vijay who's also letting out the bag that Philpott did not adhere to the tell people after your 12-week scan rule. It's advice that I think most people follow because the first three months are supposedly your riskiest months as a pregnant woman. The estimated figure for miscarriages is around one in four, according to Tommy's, an organisation which funds research into miscarriages. And of those one in four miscarriages, happen in the first three months. Luckily for us, we've passed that stage. We're at month seven, but it's still a very scary time.
0: But it's just, I don't know, it's just dawned on me today, like, this is probably the hugest thing I've ever done in my life. Do you feel like it's the hugest thing you've ever done in your life? Yes. So far. It just suddenly dawned on me.
2: What does that mean? Is somebody-
0: like there's gonna be this little human being that we're gonna be responsible for all times. I've got to first of all try and safely get this human being out, and there's been a you know there's responsibility on me to try and look after myself and the baby for the nine months that I've been carrying it. So that's responsibility number one, and then like number two is getting the baby out safely. What if I cocked that up? And then, if everything goes well, there's gonna be this like tiny little human being that's just completely dependent on us. It's not a plant. we got some plants downstairs that are looking questionable. (laughs) I don't think I've watered them for ages. Do you ever water our plants?
2: Mm, Not very rarely. So what does it mean?
0: I don't know, I'm just freaking out a little bit. Are you really? I am. Are you not freaking out?
2: If you freak out, then I'm definitely going to start oh, freaking God. out. During the first half of the pregnancy, we've had quite a few good reasons to be freaked out too. During this time, Philpa has had not one, but three car accidents. The first, someone knocked into her, and when she got out the car to see the damage, the other driver saw she was pregnant and drove off. Idiot. But then, a second time, Philpa drove into the back of someone else. That one was a bit more serious.
0: To be fair, I think there was an overreaction. Who came? The police, the fire engine guys and the ambulance guys.
2: And they had to cut the man out of the car, didn't they? No,
0: they didn't have to cut the man out of the car, they just cut the roof off. But that was because it's a new procedure... When somebody says they've hurt their neck, they don't take a chance, they just cut the roof off. That's what the fire guys did. But the paramedics and the police said they thought that was overkill. So did the two ladies who saw it. They all thought the guy was putting it on a bit. A lot.
2: Was it your fault?
0: Yeah, it was my fault.
2: And what was your more recent fender bender?
0: Oh, I just was trying to get out of a work car park. I was wedged in between loads of cars. And two of my work colleagues were helping guide me out, and I did really well. I got out of this really tight spot, waved to them, and I was looking behind my right shoulder to make sure that as I was reversing, I wasn't going to hit anything. And for some reason, I just totally forgot to look over my left shoulder. And? I hit someone's
2: car. Again, Philpott wasn't hurt, and thankfully, Baby wasn't harmed either. Although, it probably was wondering what the hell was happening outside of its shell. But perhaps the scariest moment came in our first trimester, the first three months, that same time that 85% of miscarriages happen. It was when Philper noticed some bleeding, bleeding downstairs. We were a few weeks into knowing we were going to have a baby. We felt all the elation that that brings, and then we're brought down to earth with an almighty thud. The possibility that we might have lost it. Once Philper told me, I thought we were surely going to be that one-in-four statistic. Someone must have been looking over us, though, because a trip to the hospital showed a faint but beating heartbeat. Phew! I now completely understand why people wait until after their three-month scan to tell friends and wider family. It'd just be an awful thing to have to break to your loved ones after the joy of telling them the good news. Hello, Hi. Uh, does Rupal live here? Yeah, have I got the right. Oh, you... Yeah, you For some people, though, it doesn't matter whether yes, you wait yes, three no, months no, right. or not. Hi, my
3: name is Rupal Shah. I am mum to Sahil, who's 11. However, 13 years ago, I also had another little boy who sadly was stillborn.
2: Rupal is a short Asian woman with a friendly, smiley face. And back in 2003, she had plenty of reasons to be cheerful too when she found out she was pregnant with her first child.
3: I had just passed my accountancy exams. Was happily married, um, lovely home. I was just very, very happy. We had a few blips during the pregnancy, but, you know, nothing we nothing really needed to worry about. Everything got ironed out and I was blooming.
2: RuPaul was the happiest she'd ever been on cloud nine and, as she says ready to be a mum.
3: I mean, I think what made the pregnancy so amazing was this little boy moved and moved and moved and moved. There were no sharp, horrible movements, but just little you know, gentle kicks. I could feel his, I could feel his feet. My skin was so paper-thin, I could actually put my hand on my belly and feel his individual toes.
0: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile.
2: Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com slash covered.
3: Which you won't believe, but that that's true. He he I, you could actually see his foot. What? Which had broken through all my muscle or you know, everything you could see, little feet.
2: That's incredible. It is incredible. I love that. Heard heard that. I before. wish
3: I'd got photographs, but no, it's true. It's true. All right. Little feet. Big feet, in fact.
2: She had some scares during her pregnancy also. Two big ones, actually. The first was when her baby was tested for Down syndrome. She was given a risk factor of one in 72. But after tests came back, everything seemed to be okay, Nothing to worry about. A few months later, towards the end of her pregnancy, Rupal started to measure full term. The nurses were worried how large she'd become compared to how far along the pregnancy she actually was.
3: Um, I went into hospital and saw a consultant, I got scanned, um, got measured and in fact there were three student doctors in there um, at that time and the consultant said, so what do you think's going on with this lady? And one came out with, well she might be carrying triplets At which point my face dropped, because you think, I'm sure on the scan there was one baby. You know, I, I was absolutely terrified. Triplets?
2: She wasn't having triplets, no. She was just so big because she was carrying excess water. In extreme cases, they'd have to drain the waters, but hers was mild. So as you were, and back home she went, waiting for her firstborn to arrive. But he decided to stay in a bit longer. In fact... He held on for forty-one weeks, so after being overdue for so long, it was time for Rupal to be induced.
3: Um, my mum kind of, you know, waved us goodbye, and yeah, and strapped up to a monitor um, that traces baby's heartbeat, and they started the induction process. Um, about two hours in, the trace stopped. So the sound went, so just kicked it off. That's what I thought. He's just kicked the monitor off again. I don't know, maybe five minutes at the most. Midwife was popping. She was popping in and out all the time, you know. And she came and said, oh dear, I knew it was going to be trouble. You know, I remember the words. And she tried to put it back on again. And and yeah, I I think, yeah, she struggled a bit. And she said, then I'm going to go and get my colleague. She's a bit better at this. And they said, "Oh well, right. Well, what we'll do, we'll go and get the uh, the portable scanner." Again, it was all very calm. They then blamed the equipment. Okay. It's a portable scanner. Well, let's go and get the, you know, uh, hundred thousand pounds equipment. That that's the better one. And again, I remember the words. So we went off to the scan room, and it was there that the sonographer with the registrar in the room and two midwives said, "I'm so sorry, I can't find a heartbeat." and in that split second or two i thought just try harder but the words followed your baby has died i you're just falling and falling falling into a big dark hole but there's no end to it you know you just can't feel that and I think I remember screaming out. I felt I was screaming. Mm. Michael was screaming out. The room felt as though it was spinning around us. And I don't know, it, it was just it, it was like it just felt like there was noise and chaos, but nothing was actually happening. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Everything was just suddenly turned just, over. It was a massive earthquake under our feet and
2: from cloud nine to the deepest darkest despair i don't even want to imagine after carrying her baby for more than 9 months rupal's son died inside of her and it wasn't over she like other women who suffer miscarriages or stillbirths still had to give birth to him um you had to do all the the pushing everything yeah. like a normal yeah. regular birth yeah yeah
3: i did Gosh. um he didn't want to come out though he was born um, almost 60 hours later. I, I'd shut down, so right at the very end, they were concerned about my health. Right. Um, but yeah, he was, he was born at 7.30 on the, two days later, uh, in the evening, um, with forceps.
2: Rupal says she regrets not holding Dylan for longer before saying goodbye. She wished she'd been told not to rush her time with him. Because at the end of the 41 weeks and two traumatic days in hospital, instead of leaving with her baby, she was leaving with a small box. It had his plastic name bands inside, a tiny lock of his hair and a hand and footprint.
3: They, they took him out. Um, I was still in theatre. They handed him over to Michael. So Michael actually saw him first. Um, and Michael just said he was so heavy. But he was, he was stood at my head um, with Dylan in his arms. And we then got, well, once I got stitched up, sorted out, um, they took us back into the room where I'd been having the, the labour. And um, we spent time with him. Mm. My regret is that I was so drugged up that I was too scared to hold him for very long. Right. I was terrified I was going to drop him. Um, even though I had plenty of cushions around me propping me up and all these things, I just felt really scared that, you know, yeah. um, I was going to hurt him. I mean, I couldn't hurt him anymore. But, you know, that, that, that was the fear I had.
2: Nowadays, Rupal helps other mums and dads that have experienced something similar. For more than 10 years, she's been with the stillbirths and neonatal charity SANS. It says that every day in the UK... 15 babies die before, during, or soon after birth. That means every 90 minutes, there's another Dylan.
3: I mean, I I sincerely believe that talking actually helps. It makes it real, which is a hard thing to do. But as you make it real, you're able to kind of patch your life back together again. And it's not in the same way. Think about a jigsaw puzzle, and there's that big piece, you just can't find it. Yeah, or uh, well, the pieces don't fit quite back the same way. Mm, mm. Um, your body grieves. I, I really do believe it's not just a mind thing; it's your body. Mm. Especially, you think about just think about mum in particular. Mm. Once your baby's born, your milk comes. Yeah, you've got post-pregnancy symptoms. Your hormones change, back. you know all the things that are normal happen. Mm. But you've got no baby. Mm. So your body's actually grieving it, it. It's going through all of that. Now, if, if your mind doesn't let you kind of release that, where where does it go?
2: There was something of a happy ending, though, for Rupal. 20 months after her first pregnancy, Rupal got pregnant again. She had another boy.
3: I mean, that, that second pregnancy was, it was really, really tough, Um. Because it was a really hard time. I was just waiting for the same thing to happen. It didn't. I was very well cared for. For me, losing him at the end, having no real understanding of what happened because the post mortem revealed nothing, um, you kind of think, well, could it happen again? Yeah. But he's he's grown up knowing about his brother.
2: Okay.
3: Um. He talks about his brother very openly, who he's never met. Mm. But one very sweet thing he told me, oh, I don't know, he was about four and we were talking about something or other and he said oh didn't you know he left me post-it notes in your belly and <laughs> i didn't know where to laugh or cry i thought well i don't know how the post-it notes got in there in the first place but you know whether in his imagination the, he as he got a real relationship with his brother that i just am um, not part of i i don't know it's beautiful
2: Thank you for listening to this quite hard to listen to episode of Expecting. A special, special thank you to Rupal from Sands. You can see their work at lester sandsorguk or on facebook.com forward slash Leicester Sands. If you're affected by something as tragic as this, whether you're a woman or a man, please talk to someone. There are lots of people out there to help. As a South Asian man myself, I'd like to encourage others to speak up. Rupal tells me it can be a bit of a stigma in the community, but don't let it be. Speak up. Thank you again to the musicians who contributed their talents to this show. The theme song is by Gable, called Hum Okay, and Kayla Drew with these end credits. It's called Out of the Fresh Night. Thank you again for listening. What happened just a few minutes, moments ago?
0: There was a stain on my nightie and it was like some gooey stuff and I got really worried and I thought that something had happened, like my waters had broke.
2: And what was it actually?
0: I think it was the remains of my chocolate sundae that I was eating.
2: That you dropped on your nightie? That I dropped on my nightie. (laughs) You are a grade A jackass.